Whoop, whoop, whoop. So many exciting things to tell you. I'm going to keep it short and simple. Number one, my book is now free, a digital version of my book, Building Simple Habits to a Healthy Me. You can just sign up and get it for free. Number two, come and say hello on Instagram. I'm having fun on Instagram doing exciting reels. Number three, I have four amazing packages for my Positively Healthy program called Magical May exciting exciting if you want to find out more book a call and let's chat and lastly remember radiate and renew four simple habits simple but mighty habits is starting may the 15th so come and sign up for that I had a miracle cure that would guarantee you and your family living to a ripe old age whilst feeling vigorous, fit and fabulous. Would you be interested? Well, I do. It's called Healthy Living. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. Healthy Living for Families Made Easy. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. I hope that you are feeling amazing, fabulous, wonderful, all these exciting words that my brain has just run out of. But I hope that you are enjoying life and really living it to the full. We certainly here are in Spain. That sentence did not come out well, did it? We are definitely living life here in Spain and really enjoying it. It feels like spring is just around the corner and I absolutely love spring here. It's beautiful. The weather is amazing. In the summer, as much as I love summer, it gets a little bit hot here and I find myself having to go swimming all the time in order to cool down, which is absolutely fine because I love swimming. But in the summer, it is super, super hot here. So spring is wonderful. And I can see that spring is not too far away. It feels like the worst of the winter is behind us. So I hope wherever you are, you are feeling amazing and living life to the max. Today, we are going to be talking about how to stop overeating when you are feeling stressed. But before we dive into that, just a few exciting things to talk about. Drum roll, please. I need to get one of those sound effect things. I'll see if I can add one in. My website is now looking absolutely amazing. It has had a facelift and it looks absolutely beautiful. I have a new logo. I've had a professional come and look at it and make it absolutely wonderful. So go and check it out and I want to hear you saying, wow, it looks amazing. You can find it at drorlina.com. So that's D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A.com. And I have also done a new gift, a little opt-in, which is the Why Am I Overeating quiz. Now, this quiz is supposed to be a little bit of fun, one of those, what should we say, silly quizzes that you have to answer questions, as I say, fun. But it's also supposed to be informative and help you understand why you are overeating. Now, you can get that quiz. At the top, you can see a little red bar which says, take Dr. Alina's Why Am I Overeating quiz. And there you need to put in your name, your email address, and it will sign you up for the quiz, which you will be delivered by email. So make sure that you whitelist the email, otherwise it won't arrive. And you get lots of other, you get to keep in contact with me and you get all the offers that I offer to my email list before other people. 
And if you don't want to be on my email list, why would you not want to? You can always unsubscribe. So come and join that. Now, talking about my email list, one of the things that I have been offering this week is the likes and dislikes exercise. And oh my goodness, we are having so much fun. Now, if you haven't heard this story, the likes and dislikes exercise goes like this. Can you imagine if you could dial down a like that you have? For example, eating chocolate or pretzels. I'll tell you the pretzel story in a minute. But can you imagine if you could dial that down a wee bit? Wouldn't it make it so much easier to stop overeating? And the converse, the flip side of that story is imagine if you have things that you really dislike, but you wish that you could like more. So for example, somebody wanted to like broccoli more and I did it on my eight-year-old son who for some strange reason disliked red apples and it is like magic. He has magicked away his dislike of red apples and in the last week he has eaten so many red apples. It is unbelievable and I promise you I have been having this conversation with him for the last five or six years about how red apples and green apples are basically the same inside. It's not to do with the colour of their skin. It's to do with what type of apple they are. But he was having none of it until this last week when red apples have been his new favourite thing and he has been choosing to have them. So the pretzel story, somebody, I did this exercise on somebody and she likes to have a glass of wine in the evening with some snacks, crispy snacks, specifically pretzels. And she could see that that snack was not really helping her healthy eating goals. And she thought it would be nicer if she could dial down the desire on her pretzels. She didn't want to touch the wine because she enjoys a glass of wine and she wanted to carry on enjoying that glass of wine. So we did this exercise and the next day she had her glass of wine and she automatically went to go and get the pretzels but she didn't finish them. She just said they didn't really, they weren't as appealing as they were. And for some reason, I didn't finish them. So in my mind, that is an amazing result. 30 minutes chatting to me, we do this thought exercise and it just can either dial down a like that is a bit too high or dial up a dislike which is too high. Now, why am I telling you this? Because I am going to be offering this as a service. It is going to be called Dr. Alina's magic dislikes and likes exercise. For this week only, this is the last week that I am offering it for totally free. Next week, I'm going to set it up as as a paid offer and you can pay and sign up and we can do it. But right now, I'm still offering it for free. So if you would like to take advantage of that amazing exercise, please email me at orlina at drorlina.com and you can just reply. If you're on my email list, you can just reply. So two amazing things. Okay, let's dive into stress and how to stop overeating when you are feeling stressed. Now, just to recap, this is the fourth in a four-part series we have been looking at overeating. So in the first podcast, which I did three weeks ago, which was entitled How to Stop Overeating, we looked at that point in time when you exactly overeat, that tipping point, that balancing point, that moment of desire where we have desire and we take action on that desire. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, go back and have a listen to that podcast. In the second episode, we talked about how to stop overeating and the fear of being hunger. 
And a lot of people fear being hunger and that pushes them to overeat so that they can avoid being hungry later on. And we had a look at that fear and really unpacked that fear and thought about what was going on and ways that we could get over that obstacle. Last week, we talked about how to stop overeating at dinner time and night time. And we looked at the big picture. And the big picture is paying attention to all four of those pillars. So pillar one is what we eat. Pillar two is exercise. Pillar three is sleep. And pillar four is emotional wellness. And all of these pillars contribute to our desire to want to overeat. And I gave the example of when I had been tired and had to stay up late and the next day really wanting to overeat. And this is a well-documented thing that happens. So it's really important to make sure that the big picture is helping you achieve your goals. And we also had a look at a few tips and tricks that you can do in the moment at dinner time and at night time when you have that desire to overeat. So today we're going to be having a look at stress and thinking about how can I stop overeating when I feel stressed. And again, I'm going to break this down into big picture and small picture. So let's have a think about the big picture first. And this is our life and thinking about all of those things that go on, essentially asking the question, why am I stressed and what can I do about it? Now, the first step with anything is self-awareness. If you don't notice that you are stressed, there's very little that you can do about it. And one of the things that I really advocate is doing a habit audit. And this is essentially a period of time where you spend looking at yourself and thinking, oh, I do this out of habit. So think about all those stressors in your life. One of the interesting things about stress is we have this idea that stress ought to be stressful or not stressful. A particular situation ought to be stressful. So let me give you an example. When I was working as a doctor and working in life dependent situations, I remember one time feeling very stressed when I was a junior doctor and had been told that there was going to be a baby who was coming in. The baby was really, really poorly sick, needed a lot of help, and I had no backup behind me. And I was just remembering waiting for this baby to arrive and waiting for my senior doctors to arrive so that I had some help and thinking, oh my goodness, can I do this all by myself? What if this baby arrives and I am not up to it? Now, luckily, the end of the story is that the baby arrived and was perfectly fine, pink and joyful and happy. And well, not happy because it was only a baby, but, you know, crying and doing all the things that we want a baby to do. So the story was fine. But that stress for me was obviously a very real stress. And people would say, yes, I can see how that would be a stressful situation. Let me tell you another story. This morning, getting my children out of the door, my eight-year-old son, of the red and green apple fame, he is very slow at the things that he does. And he makes a lot of fuss. He builds things into a big thing that he can't do. So for example, he feels that dressing is so difficult. And we're working on this. We're working on creating these thoughts that getting dressed is easy and brushing our teeth, brushing his teeth is easy. 
but he is slow and it takes him time to do things. Not only is he slow, he doesn't enjoy doing these things. And this obviously has a a cumulative effect. It adds up. So he gets out of bed later than his brothers and sisters. His brothers and sisters spring out of bed at seven o'clock. They rush downstairs, having got dressed, because really and truly getting dressed only takes about 10 seconds. And they're having breakfast. So by about 10 past seven, they're all done. And he's still in bed. So at 25 past seven this morning, he still hasn't put his shoes on. And I know that it can sometimes take him 10 minutes to put his shoes on. And we need to leave at half past seven if we're going to make it to school. Sorry, half past eight if we're going to make it to school on time. So I can see that this is creating stress for me. I'm thinking you need to do this more quickly. This isn't working. This happens every single day. How can we rewrite that? Now, on one level, you might say to me, goodness, it's just getting your kids to school. It's not life or death. But the reality is that stress inside my body is exactly the same. Obviously, there are degrees of stress and we reach this tipping point where we get the fight, flight, fight or freeze response where we're super, super stressed and we've got adrenaline running around our body and we've got cortisol running around our bodies and all of these stress responses are not good. But on a minor level, just thinking my son is being slow and I need to get him out of the door, that's a trickle of that stress response. It will increase my stress levels, my stress hormones a little bit. And those stress hormones are not good for us if we have them always raised. It's fine to have your stress hormones raised a little bit. In fact, a little bit of stress is good to get you out of the door, to get you to do things. I suspect that if I didn't have the stress of having to get my children out of the door, we probably wouldn't go on a bike ride every single day. And I can see this because we don't do it on Saturday and Sunday. So that stress of pushing us makes us do good things. It's a little bit like dopamine and neurotransmitters that help us go and get things. But again, it's that same If we have too much of it, it's not great. So we need to take a stock and look at our lives and think, okay, where am I dealing with unnecessary stress that is not helping me? And the next question that follows that is, what can I do about it? So What seems like a mundane thing with my son is to say, "Okay, Sebastian, we need to discuss this at lunchtime. We need to come up with a different system. You need to be getting out of bed at seven o'clock and you need to be getting ready. You need to be putting your shoes on by quarter past eight. And we actually need to make this happen. Now, it might be that those areas of stress are part of your family life. They might be part of your work life. They might even be the way you're thinking about things. So a good example of stress created by the way we think about things is the whole pandemic. And we might be thinking, goodness, this is all very stressful. And on one level, it is very stressful. But what can we do about it? We can keep ourselves safe. We can follow all the advice that we are given and Other than that, we just have to carry on with life and that stress every single day about worrying it is not helping us. So an example of that is last year when we were in lockdown, I used to look at my 
at the paper every single day and think about the number of cases and the number of deaths that we had had in Spain every single day. Now, was that changing my life and what I did on my life? No. Was it adding stress to my life? Yes, it definitely was. So I stopped doing it and realised that that added stress is not helping me achieve my goals. So the first two questions you can ask yourself are, where am I seeing stress in my life and what can I do to avoid that? Now, there are also lots of things that you can do to counterbalance the stress. So putting in little habits and routines that will reduce your stress levels throughout the day. So if we look at our stress levels, it might be that we build, build, build. So for example, I feel a little bit stressed because my son is delaying being slow. And then I might get stressed about being in the traffic. Well, we go on a nice bicycle ride, so that doesn't happen for us. But you could see how I could then jump into a car, get stressed about the traffic. I could then arrive at the school gate and feel a bit stressed that he's late or that he's forgotten his bag or he's forgotten his mask or whatever it is. And then I could return home and think about all the stressful things that I need to do. And that is building, building, building on stress. And so one really good thing is to just break that stress and say, I'm just going to allow my stress levels to lower. And this looks different for everybody. And in order to think about what works for you, you need to think about the things that you enjoy, the things that really help you reduce your stress levels. Now, it might be that you enjoy meditation. If you haven't tried meditation, I really recommend you to try meditation. It may feel a little bit different and strange at first, but it is a really good way of decreasing your stress levels. And it is something that you need to practice. It's a bit like exercise. It isn't something that you do for five minutes and then think, oh, I've meditated. That's it. Magic pill. It's something that you have to incorporate into your lifestyle every single day and get to that stage where you really love meditating. And I would like to tell you that there is an app called the Balance app, which I am absolutely loving at the moment. They have a year's free trial. So go and check that out. And they will, they teach you, they walk you through meditation and they have levels for beginners, people who've done a little bit or more experienced people. And at the moment, I am working on my meditation habit. So I've meditated before, but I would say it's something that comes and goes. And I really want to make it something that I do without thinking. So I am meditating after lunch. We have a slightly strange situation here in Spain in that my children come home at lunchtime and then they go to afternoon school. And I know a lot of countries don't do that, but that is just normal here. So we have a break in the middle of the day and that's when I cook dinner and think about what I'm going to cook for dinner. But it's also when the kids are at home, it can be a little bit stressful. And I use that time to meditate to just reset, have 10 minutes for myself. It's just 10 minutes, but it feels like a little oasis of calm in amongst the chaos. And it really helps me to just reset myself, my own batteries. And then I can turn up and help my kids get them back out of the door because they have to go back to school. And obviously we have to do the whole putting on shoes again and getting out of the door, which can be stressful. So think about those things that work for you. It might be that you like taking hot baths. It might be that you like 
being out in nature in the woods or looking at the sky. It might be that you really love exercise. So exercise is another really good way of helping reduce your stress levels. If you have a good exercise routine, then that naturally helps you reduce your stress levels. And using your body doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be something that you think of as a chore. The ideal is something that you enjoy, something that you like. And this is where I always talk about the upward spiral. The more you start using your body, the more you want to use your body. For example, in this last year, I have learned to run. If I look back a year, I had never run anywhere. Clearly, that's not true. I had run when I was a child, but it wasn't something I did regularly. And I decided whilst we were in quarantine that my children needed to do a little bit more exercising. I was doing lots of swimming at the time, but my children were really sitting at home doing very little. And so with my two oldest sons, I started doing the couch to 5k app and you start off just doing one minute, two minutes, three minutes running. Now I am running 10 kilometers. So this weekend I ran 10 kilometers. I just run on Saturday because I don't have time to do it at other times. I ran 10 kilometers and I'm going to challenge myself to do a 15k run. Now I'm not going to do that all the time. It's just a nice challenge for me. I've also been challenged to do 100 press-ups for seven days. Oh my goodness, before that I could only do 10 press-ups. Now, I don't do these all at time. At the same time, I think I would get to about 15 and collapse in a heap, but I do 10 and then 10 and then 10. And it's just a bit of fun. It was just something I saw one of my friends challenged me to it and I thought, I can do that. It's easy for me to do now. Now, if I had tried that a year ago, I suspect I wouldn't even have thought that because Doing exercise like press-ups was not something on my radar. But because I've incorporated doing a seven-minute workout, which sometimes includes press-ups, then it's something that I think, oh, I can do press-ups. Just to clarify, I do knee press-ups. I don't do those long ones, which are even more difficult. So think about the physical activities that you do enjoy and build on them. And they can be things like skipping or dancing, things that make you that you enjoy a fun could be something like yoga or pilates any kind of exercise and movement counts it might be that what relaxes you is physical touch so something like a massage or a foot rub or even a nap or a rest other things that are worth thinking about are engaging the right side of your brain so You know those times when you just go into a bit of a trance and you're doing something repetitive and you come out thinking, oh, I've just done 10 minutes and actually you've been doing something for an hour. And this will be different for different people. So things like colouring, knitting, painting, even cleaning, gardening, puzzles. These are all things that engage the right side of our brain. Another good way to reduce stress is connecting with people. Now, I know that that can be difficult right now, as many of us are still in quarantine. I personally haven't seen my mum for an entire year, which seems, or any of my family, seems like a really long time. Now, if you can't meet people, what you can do is chat to them on video calls. And we're super lucky that we do have this technology now. So have a think about all of these big picture things that you can incorporate into your routine. Now, the beginning of April, April the 12th, I'm doing the Healthy You, Healthy Family Habit Challenge. 
And I invite you to come and sign up. Sign up will start on the 5th of April. We will be talking about some of these things. And I've put together what I have called a pamper pack to think about what it is that you like so that you can create your routine and start to build up some of these things, these big picture, how to reduce stress in your life. So step number one, think about the big picture. And then step number two is to think about those tools. So at that moment when you realise that you are overeating because you are stressed, you need to think about what you can do in that moment. Step number one is always awareness. When you are aware of what you're doing, you're in a much better position than if you're not aware. If you're not aware, you just do it without thinking. So step number one is realise what you are doing. And don't beat yourself up about it. Look at yourself with curiosity and think, ah, I see, this is what I'm doing. Think of those as golden learning opportunities. And then have a think about how you can make it more difficult for yourself and what you can do instead. So it's all about you planning and realising what you're doing at that moment and thinking, how can I make it more difficult? So it might be that after dinner, you have some chocolate because you feel stressed. You could make it more difficult by not buying the chocolate. You could also think of something alternative to do, like going for a walk. Say, I'm going to go for a walk for 20 minutes with my partner, with my children, so that by the time I get back, that desire to overeat the chocolate has disappeared. Essentially, you need to come up with some tools that you have that you can implement in that moment. So I hope that was helpful. I would love to hear what your tools are, what what you think triggers you and some of the things that you can do that you find useful to stop overeating when you're stressed. So please email me and let me know. And if you're in the Facebook group, then come and share them there because the more community we can build up there, the more we can help each other out. Have a fabulous day and I look forward to chatting to you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. Remember, you can sign up for Dr. Orlina's Simple System to Healthy Living for Families at drorlina, D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A dot com slash simple dash system. If you have enjoyed this podcast, I ask that you share it with somebody else who would also benefit so that I can reach more people and help more people live healthily. And lastly, if you are interested in working with a coach, then just email me at orlina at drorlina.com and we can set up a time to chat. Absolutely no obligation. I love chatting. So come and chat with me. Bye-bye.